and welcome to the Lou Review. This is Rosa and Richard. We're hey, hey. here with Robert Ball, and he's going to talk to us about his business, Naked Greens, and other gardening efforts that he has here in Kentucky. Yeah. So, my name is Rob, and I'm a farmer here in Louisville, Kentucky, on the East End in Middletown. And <clears throat> I'm currently growing about an acre and a half of produce in a uh, intensive agricultural system, uh, also a no-till system. And uh, I'm selling all everything from greens, which is my main focus. The name of my company is Naked Greens. And I grow tomatoes, squash, uh, cucumbers, potatoes, okra. So I have a pretty broad range of crops on a small amount of acres. And uh, it flips, the beds flip really quickly. And I can get a lot of crops in in one season. Um, yeah, that actually strikes me as interesting. Um, you know, when I hear farm, I don't normally think of an acre and a half. That it usually, seems small, yeah. Usually it, that's like what somebody's yard is. But, yeah, um, it's pretty small. And uh, you're the only person working this? The only person currently working it, yes. Without a till? without a till uh okay. so so how does that work you just like lay the seeds on top of the ground and hope they take or so how this works is it tries to replicate what would happen in a forest system mm -hmm. and instead of turning the ground over you just add more compost on top of what oh. was planted before and then you plant into that so <clears throat> the, what happens is you're you're adding about a inch or so compost every time mm -hmm. and then by the end of the season you have like two maybe two and a half three inches of a raised mm -hmm. bed because you've rotated through so many crops in the same bed and my mm -hmm. beds they don't move they don't change they're what's called an ever bed so once you have it formed it it never changes you don't ever uh, flatten it out so in a couple of decades you'll have a, a compost mountain then <laughs> Yeah, and that'll be real hard to plant. We might have to smooth it out at that point. <laughs> It'd be like those people carrying the rocks up to the top of the hill in that like Hugh Grant movie or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Because they wanted to have the tallest mountain. Miss that one. Oh my gosh, he's not seen any like British movies. We're going to have to have a movie night. Anyway, <laughs> so this is really interesting that you're doing this all by yourself but you've made it into quite a business as far as you're growing all these different kind of crops and you have a co-op of people who buy from you correct mm -hmm. uh, how does that work yes yeah, i don't know if i would call it a co-op but uh, what's it called a csa csa yeah csa um which stands for community supported agriculture that's right uh and that is People sign up at the beginning of the year. I guess it is somewhat similar to a co-op. And uh, they're paying into my farming system. They're helping me buy things in the beginning of the season, such as seeds, uh, maybe some minor equipment that I might need to purchase, um, certain fertilizers. And in return, they get a weekly share for 25 weeks, a box of produce of whatever I produce that week. Um, so last week's there was seven items. It was kohlrabi, broccoli, uh, collards, kale, and, uh, lettuce, and a couple others that I can't quite I place. got mushrooms from you the other day. 
yeah i bet yeah. i grew mushrooms this season and uh they turned out really well i they, thought so too yeah everybody I ate that seemed whole bag to really like them <laughs> i did share it with a couple people though yeah everybody seemed to really like those mm-hmm. and those were those were good uh crop because they didn't take up any space in the field and i just put all inoculated all the landscaping in the around the driveway and so it made everything look nice kept the weeds down and flowers came up through it so everything was growing together that's so nice (laughs) oh i love that now what was that other thing you said kohlrabi kohlrabi uh german turnip is uh, oh are those those big turnips that you had at the market yeah they're these mine were purple but they also Mm -hmm. some are green some are white uh Mm -hmm. they're uh similar in texture to a turnip Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a bit more juicy inside, mm. kind of a blandish flavor, really. Okay. But, uh... Do you ever make turnip fries with them? I have not made fries with them, but I've roasted them, and I've eaten them fresh, which is what mm-hmm. I mostly do. Okay. Um, cool. and just put them in a, dip them in something and snack on them. So, mm-hmm. how much of what you grow would you say goes into the produce boxes versus how much of what you grow makes it to farmer's markets? Um, so percentage wise, I would say probably in the ballpark of 10 to 15% goes to the CSA. Um, maybe a little bit higher. I only have 10 members right now that have signed up. So it's relatively small Mm -hmm. and an acre and a half is, I mean, that's in terms of produce, that's probably enough to support at least 20 people uh, were you open to taking 20 or i was open to i was open to taking 15 i was Mm -hmm. being a little conservative um Mm -hmm. this year i did not meet that but okay we'll we'll grow on that yeah i think i could do about 20 um and then we'll see from there i'm sure an acre and a half isn't what i'm gonna stick with forever if 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 i'm gonna grow um and then you also have a special project that you're helping the community with. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So Moore High School, which is over in the Highview area of Louisville, South End, and we are working on a community garden there. <clears throat> they had some greenhouses that were fenced in. Um, those were built about four years ago, and they had kind of been left to waste essentially that some of the greenhouses had the plastic had ripped and Mm -hmm. the weeds were uh, overrun and and was that largely because of uh, the whole school shutting down for covid no it was this was before covid right yeah so it was constructed four years ago and they did a little bit with it as i understand and then nothing Hmm. ever continued i think the teacher that had kind of formulated the whole thing retired and Mm. nobody really picked it back up after that yeah you need somebody who is willing to yeah do the work consistently right yeah um yeah especially at the garden so we've started that we've cleared all the weeds we've got the beds formed and we've added compost and we've planted seeds and now we've got tomatoes growing over there we've got gourds sunflowers okra um, spinach lettuce arugula how do you decide what to plant there so 
the environmental science teacher and I kind of formulated a three-year rotation plan. So it's really important that you rotate your crops in order to prevent disease. So is that because they take different nutrients out of the soil? That's part of it, definitely. And then the other part is that if you plant the same crop in the same place every year, the pests are and like fungus and any kind of like disease that might be in the soil, it's going to proliferate. Oh, okay. Because you, they have the same food source every single year. Okay. Right where they were, right where they came, yeah. dropped all their eggs, and mm-hmm. then came right up out of the soil in the same place so um we've we've got a three-year rotation system and uh it's the garden plot's not very big um it's not much as far as the floor plan goes it's probably not much bigger than like a standard suburban first floor home Mm -hmm. um so we have to be really particular on how many we can't plant more beds if this crop then then we'll be able to rotate out because there can't be any overlap Mm -hmm. so uh, Hmm. and then have you had students helping you work in it yeah uh, what's the name of the program or name of the program is I feel like you texted it to me the other day yeah do I I need to check my text messages it is uh you don't advertise culinary gardens that's it culinary gardens and is that named after your friend who's a chef yes he has something else called culinary something uh, culinary creations he's a okay uh caterer for weddings and other events okay uh garrett sanborn is his name and uh yeah so at Moore, we're working with the culinary program and the environmental science uh middle school program okay so does he teach the culinary program yes he's also the professor there at the culinary program yeah and uh so you've got two teachers and their students that you partner with yes so does that mean that you guys have grown crops at the school that they've used in uh teaching kids how to cook yes uh at this point it's mostly been salad greens uh spinach uh, arugula lettuce and um and they teach so, them how to roast sunflower seeds <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be a tough one <laughs> that would be fun having them harvest all those yeah the birds don't get to them first oh. <laughs> uh but yes that's the idea is for them to use them in their culinary program and if they have extra sell them uh somehow we haven't quite figured that out yet and then that money goes back into their uh, garden program that's so cool sounds like you're still getting the ball fully rolling on it but at least it's moving now right yeah it's moving um we got tomatoes in there too um they're taking off and all kinds of good carrots now i mean it's full everything's planted so just a matter of it going at this yeah. point keeping the weeds down <laughs> man who knows maybe five ten years from now those kids at more will be eating really good in the cafeteria yeah <laughs> let's hope so We're like we have the freshest cafeteria food ever yeah nate all right so how did you get started in all this did you grow up on a farm like is this what your parents did uh no my parents did not they're both engineers um 
but we did grow up on a 10 acre plot of land mm -hmm. um my dad kept a couple of beehives growing up that was something that he did kind of hobby hobby wise um before it was cool before it was cool yeah before everybody <laughs> was doing it your dad's like the og hipster <laughs> yeah how many times you get stung growing up a lot oh most of it was just because i was walking barefoot though it was my own doing hmm. <laughs> and you didn't learn so it, yeah hmm. well like to walk barefoot you okay. just gotta watch oh watch he learned something he learned yeah, to watch, watch but not to wear yeah. shoes <laughs> he's like it's kentucky why would i wear shoes exactly. yeah <laughs> i'm from tennessee my so feet up. they're always like what they don't wear shoes down there do you i was like look down at your own self oh my goodness anyway so your parents were engineers and your dad had bees. So mm -hmm. how did you get into gardening? Gardening was also something my dad kind of got me into. Uh, he, we kept a garden, not every year, but off and on. And we had a pretty serious garden my eighth grade freshman and sophomore year. Did and, you take stuff to the state fair or anything? Or? Uh, yeah, not anything from the garden, uh, but once... A couple years later when a friend of mine and I started getting chickens mm -hmm. we had entered about 12 birds into the state fair yeah as what chicken beauty pageant or what yes are you serious yeah did they wear bow ties no oh that would have been so cute <laughs> no they uh they just judge them based on how close they are to the breed standard okay uh, and the breed standard is whatever some highbrow person mm -hmm. comes up with yeah um, like dog shows yeah, yeah. so we did you get got a blue started in high school with yeah. uh raising chickens mm -hmm. but then what was the serious part of your garden like the serious part of yeah. my garden yeah you said you got you had like the serious garden oh well we just it was something that my because my dad had done a garden before in the past, but okay. it was just very small, and mm -hmm. it was more for him than anything. Like, he um, just grew tomatoes and a couple other things or yeah, something? Yeah, mm -hmm. Um And then as, when I got older, we grew a much bigger garden with potatoes and sweet corn mm -hmm. and tomatoes, peppers, squash. Uh, okay. And it was... You had, like, a whole rainbow going on in there. Yeah, it All was right. a big, big size, and something that I could actually go out and work in every day. Mm -hmm. uh, Not just sit and leave it for a week yeah, or two at a time. Yeah, it wasn't just one or two plants that you could just kind of forget about from time to time. Uh, it needed a little bit of work every day. Mm -hmm. And aside from training with your dad, you've had other um, uh, training and, and growing in this, right? Yes. Uh, so once I graduated high school, I went to the University of Kentucky, um, and I got my degree in animal science, minor in plant and soil science. And shortly after that, I started working on some farms. I worked for the UK for a while. Uh, I worked at their some of their research farms and then also worked mm. at their uh, horticulture farm, which they run their own CSA for employees and students. Okay, so you got some experience with that on, yeah, at a kinda, larger program. Yeah, first mm -hmm. time seeing that this was a thing that existed. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is what some people now, do. Uh, I also happen to know that Kentucky's not the only place that you've done uh, <laughs> some meaningful work 
uh, with farming, is it? You, it's not. Our, our audience, <laughs> you'll be surprised to hear the next place that I'm expecting you to talk about. What could it be? <laughs> so after I worked on some farms uh, here in Kentucky, in central Kentucky, uh, I had applied a year, pretty much right after I graduated, I had applied to the United States Peace Corps and been accepted. And I was accepted in June or no, July, and then that September I left for Senegal, West Africa to be a sustainable agriculture volunteer. This wow. man blessed the rain down in Africa. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that seems like a really random place to go. Like, did you pick the location or did you just apply in general and they assigned you to this spot? I told them I would go anywhere. Okay. Uh, and that's where they assigned me. Wow. Uh, I don't know how particular they are. Like, if you ask to go somewhere, they may or may not send you there. Mm -hmm. At least that's how it used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, I didn't really have any specific uh, abroad skills. Like, if you were mm -hmm. to say that you spoke Spanish already, oh, they'll yeah. probably send you to Mexico or South America, I would suspect. But um, I didn't speak that at the time, so... But was a two-year commitment, did you, like, get to go on, like, sabbatical back home for a little while? Like, two weeks out of the year or something? Or were you I just didn't, there for two straight years? I did not go home in my time I was there. Uh, wow. I took a vacation to Spain with my parents. My dad came and saw oh. me for a week, and then we met my mom in Spain. That's cool. Yeah. Cheap tickets from yeah. West Africa. It's a it was lot pretty, closer. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I also took a two-week vacation in uh, Tanzania. Okay, nice. When I was there. So, and that was East Africa. Hmm. And then after that, after I was done, I did a little more traveling and then headed home. So what did you work with over there to create sustainable agriculture? Like, had that already been started or were you starting from scratch or... Not entirely from scratch. They had had experience with volunteers before and worked mm -hmm. with the Peace Corps before. Um, I was in a pretty remote area. There wasn't electricity or running water. Oh so we pulled from the well and mm -hmm. I had a small solar panel that worked for about six months. And then after that, I just had to go into town and charge my little brick phone. Oh. But... Uh, for what I did, it was extending crop seeds, so corn, mm -hmm. beans, uh, sorghum, stuff that they've grown there for a long time, uh, and teaching certain gardening techniques, mm -hmm. such as uh, double digging or adding compost or uh, planting at proper spacing. Uh, contour planting was something I tried to really harp on while I was there. What's contour planting? So if the hill is going north to south mm -hmm. uh, in terms of its slope, you want to try to plant east to west as opposed to north to south in order to prevent as much erosion as possible. Okay. And cultivate as well. Like you would see with rice paddies. So you were building yeah. compost mountains down there too. Oh. I built one for myself. Uh, that was a tough <laughs> one to get them to uh, pick up. But yeah. Yeah, I had a pretty good compost going. There. <laughs> Did you have a translator? 
No, I learned what? the language. So we did have they just training. just throw you in there with people that you couldn't communicate with and be like, okay, here's your no surface area, no water, no electricity, <laughs> and you can't speak to anybody. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, not entirely. Uh, sort of, but not entirely. Oh, my goodness. They, we do have nine weeks of training, but we, what that is is uh, we do have some training at the their facility there but they also send us out for weeks at a time in a host family situation okay and we live with the host family and then we meet up with a teacher Mm -hmm. every day in this little town uh and we have like a language class wow okay yeah for a couple hours maybe a few hours a day yeah and then we go back to our host family or we wander mm-hmm. around town or whatever yeah. whatever we want to do, I guess. Immersion method. Immersion, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's kind of their the way they want to do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's two been, years in Senegal, mm-hmm. uh, no running water, no electricity, <laughs> mm-hmm. other than batteries charging up phones, mm-hmm. uh, trying to teach some people who sound like they were kind of stubborn sometimes how to... Uh, Mm-hmm. How to change their entire farming way of life to make it a little more effective and a little more sustainable. Uh, that ends and you come straight back to Louisville? No. So, well, I, I did because I didn't have anywhere else to stay. But uh, shortly thereafter, I got a job in Warsaw, Kentucky with some friends of mine from college. They have their own farm hmm. and they grow tomatoes, watermelons, tobacco, uh, hemp was something that they were getting big on when mm-hmm. I came on and uh, they also keep cattle uh, didn't you go to Colorado too that was after that was after yeah. Warsaw so oh, okay. Warsaw I was kind of like the, I was their hemp research analyst and I kept oh. track of all the data for their hemp anything that we kind of the three of us they're my age so mm-hmm. we just kind of got together and said this is what we think is relevant mm-hmm. uh this, this is, is our measurable data yeah this is what is worth our time to measure and look at and put together a report at the end of the year and uh record our findings cool uh and then i also learned spanish there so i was i was a translator for a lot of a lot of instances when i needed to be um nice and then after that i went to colorado and that was where I uh, worked with a buddy of mine, and we had our own plot of hemp, no more than like a half acre, mm-hmm. uh, very small, and also worked with a hemp company, a couple hemp companies, hmm. and I worked on a flower farm for a short Now, period. being out in Colorado, <laughs> were you raising some other stuff too? Or? Yeah, we were growing <laughs> weed as well. I think we had 12 plants because you could sell them to the companies that you were selling the hemp to or the weed yeah. no it was no? for personal use oh okay is that how that works yeah was that the law there that's or? the law okay yeah. i wasn't sure yeah um, that's right. the law. we haven't you been have... to colorado since before that was a thing it's 12 when i was there it was 12 plants per household hmm. it used to be 12 plants per household per person per household Oh, my. Yeah. Did they cut back on it? <laughs> yeah. They start getting mm. some really crowded houses. Apparently, that was too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. They think they could just rein it in like that. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck. So, you finish up out there. Wait, wait. What were you saying about flowers? Uh, I worked on a flower farm for a short time. Was that at the 
same time? In Colorado. No. Well, sort of. I worked there. Was it a poppy farm? No. They they did grow poppies. (laughs) They They did did grow poppies. (laughs) They did grow poppies. But um Oh dear. You're like, forget this. I can only have twelve plants. I want all the poppies. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. I left there. So is this for like floral arrangements? Mm -hmm. Okay. Both bouquets and cut flowers. So did you learn how to do floral arrangements and make them real pretty? No, I didn't oh. stay there long enough. <laughs> uh, it was a very short stint in the spring that I okay. worked there. Um, and then I went to work for the hemp farm. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And then after that, came back here to Louisville and that's when I started Naked Greens. All right. So what gave you the idea to just go out on your own and do this now? I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Just have to get your nerve up to do it on your own. Uh, yeah, I finally felt that I was ready. I think cool. I had learned enough about what I didn't want to do and what I did want to do. And I'd known I'd wanted to farm for a long time. I wanted my own farm. I wanted my own business. Uh, so I just reached out to some people that, such as my parents with the the land over here mm-hmm. and they approved it and nice. we got any all the paperwork together that we needed and I s- opened up the LLC and, and when did the LLC start uh January of 2020 all right right before the pandemic right before fun time to start a business right yeah good time was. to grow your own food though good time to grow your own food <laughs> yeah so that was tough uh Thankfully, now the restaurants are opening back up and they're mm-hmm. really taking on some of my produce. It's, nice. it's going to make a big difference this year, I think. On Did the Culinary Creations use it? or They might. Uh, I've talked to Garrett. He's got a wedding coming up, and mm-hmm. I think I'm going to help him uh, bartend there. Okay. And he's going to use some of my stuff and hopefully just yeah, collaborate. Throw, my, throw my name out there. And I, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, just put my lettuce in the salad <laughs> for the wedding and just right. let people know that the bartender grew it. <laughs> that sort of thing. That's well, really a, great. Put a label on there. So yeah. speaking of which, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a press you a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Let me, let me have you have your own sales pitch on why bother with, uh, farm to table? Why bother with, uh, the, the the level of freshness that you provide as opposed to just like you know a bag of salad from the the food lion or the Kroger Kroger or, <laughs> or Walmart um, do they even have food lion up here I don't know I don't even sorry know. it's Tennessee thing Tennessee. y'all might not understand know. never heard of that one it's like um, I was talking about crystal burgers sorry save a lot why am, why am I not just buying some iceberg lettuce and save a lot they have those here okay I'm sorry we do okay yeah. all right I wasn't sure if I was just having flashbacks. Okay. So, so my stuff's going to be a lot fresher than anything you're going to get at the grocery store. Uh, my, is it certified organic? I'm not certified organic. I use all organic principles. I use a term called ecoganic, uh, and that is a combination of the ecosystem that already exists and how the gardening can complement that and how the uh, ecosystem can complement the garden, how they're working together. Uh, But 
my produce so for example my salad greens i've had them i've had people tell me that they will keep up to four weeks in their fridge obviously these are people that are buying it and not eating it but yeah (laughs) he's uh, looking he's looking at me like next time you feel like being healthy you better be getting his lettuce uh, that's more because she feels a lot uh, more responsible about her health when she's buying than it's when she's eating. True. It's true. I feel healthier just buying the stuff. And then I'm looking in the fridge and I'm like, but it's right next to the cheese, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that and uh, just the, the fact that fresh produce takes some work to, to cook and to prepare and to yeah. uh, get it ready. Those frozen bags of whatever, they don't take much work. No. Throw it in the microwave. But But that's amazing if it keeps for four weeks. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I can Um, justify buying a lot of your produce at the farmer's market now. (laughs) uh, The other thing is the uh, location, the fact that it's coming from just down the road. Uh, we saw a lot of issues with distribution and mm. logistics this yeah. past year. That's true. Uh, and we still are. I still am. Uh, with s- seeds that I order and mm. things getting... I had a package of seeds get rerouted the other day. Just unknowingly. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It took like two weeks for them to get here. Man. It wasn't a box any bigger than like... Uh, VCR, if anybody remembers what those are. Oh, yeah. I used to, dude, I used to clean our VCR. Yeah. Okay, like with a little brush thing. Do you yeah. ever do that? No, because I don't use it. But no, I mean, like when I, I, mean, was I a don't kid. know if either of you guys are old enough to remember beta, but. No? Beta what? Yeah, you don't know. It's okay. Our older listeners Sorry. are laughing at you right now. I only deal with alphas, so. So, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> you can I'll take it. Okay. All right. No, go on. Uh, but the people that I sell to at the market and at restaurants, the look on their face when I open the stuff, the bin up, and they see what's in it, and they're like, whoa. Just the looks of the freshness. and uh, It's hard to describe on a podcast what they're seeing. It's hard to describe seeing. on a podcast. Your greens are greener. They're they're greener. You can tell they're they're cut very like at most like maybe three days before I can get them to the uh, restaurant or the market. Uh, They taste better. Growing in the soil is something that makes a big difference as opposed to aquaponics or hydroponics. Oh, flavor wise, especially when it comes to tomato season. Probably some nutrition. Um, Nutritional benefits, yeah, definitely. Well, that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. I just figured they put in the water, whatever was supposed to be in there for the hydroponics. Well, they do. They put in all mm-hmm. the nutrients that it needs, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of things working in the soil, such as microbial life and mm-hmm. just being exposed to the, I think the iron in the soil has a little bit to do with it as well iron is what gives soil that red color mm-hmm. i think that has a lot to do with it with flavoring and stuff is that what yeah you yeah i think okay. i think just the soil has a lot more to offer when it comes to a better tasting vegetable okay <laughs> i i mean sounds so what you're legit. saying is there's a reason that we find tomatoes in the on the ground and not in a lake uh, <laughs> <naked>. yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> He's got like the biggest smile on his face right now, you guys, thinking about tomatoes floating on the water. <laughs> okay, so um, you've given your sales pitch. You've told us a little bit about the how you got into where you're going. Uh, let's you hear did, about. He did get Kentucky Proud certified. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, let's hear about where you're going forward from here. What What are some uh, What's something that you're looking forward to? or something that you're building up to something mm-hmm. something our listeners can know about uh, ahead of time so obviously i'm going to expand the amount of area under cultivation uh, i'm going to continue working with more and we might start growing things outside of the fenced in area so things. does that mean you're going to need other people to work with you yeah uh, we'll take on other people um, that want to become involved, definitely. You want to partner with someone, or are you thinking about you're going to hire someone or to help for you more, expand? Yeah. For more, uh, we'd probably partner with them is mm-hmm. the way I would understand it. They would have We would have industry partners. Okay. Uh, which is what I am. Um, and... We have a few people now that are kind of the brains of the operation, but we're willing to take other people's input. You are saying more as in more high school. More high school. I thought you were saying more as in like more dirt that you're going to be farming. So that, yeah, that was the first point I, I made. was thinking. Oh, okay. We were talking about the school thing. Yeah. So okay. both, both, but yes, I'll be cultivating more ground. I'm hoping to hire someone. Uh, probably this year, once I start harvesting tomatoes and squash, that's going to be a lot of work there because my squash are out in Oldham County, which is about a 25-minute mm. drive from the farm that I'm growing most of my stuff. Mm-hmm. So Sounds like you're going to have to be in two places at once sometimes. Basically, yeah, mm-hmm. basically. And the weeds don't stop, so. <laughs> they don't, do they? <sighs> they are the best growing plants, aren't they? No. <laughs> you just can't stop them. It doesn't matter what you do. Oh, man. Uh, so, and then eventually I'd like to buy my own farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that's relatively flat and fertile and has some water on it already. Yeah. And then... So do you see yourself doing what you're doing now for yourself for the rest of your life? Or is this like, do you intend on it changing in five years from now and be looking different at all? Not Are five they going to get to clothe greens? <laughs> <laughs> you going to dress your greens? I do dress my greens. In bow ties? <laughs> what do you no. dress them in? Vinaigrette. Vinaigrette, okay. <laughs> He was talking about chickens earlier. I was like, and showing them at the state fair. I was like, do you put bows on? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's my slogan. Actually, dress them yourself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So, I like it. I uh, like it. Not in five years. I don't think that it'll be any different. Okay. But uh, in terms of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. where I'm doing it, and how I'm doing it, it might change a little bit. But. Mm-hmm. As you perfect your process. As I perfect the process. How your CSA and works. get a little more equipment. and Takes opportunities yeah. to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe increase your partnership with more high school. Yes. As that, if that works out or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, as far as the rest of my life doing it, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I, right now, I think yes, but... You're happy see. with it. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Sounds good. Just make it better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Just bigger. Right. With more compost on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take more five years for him to get a mountain. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All, right. All right. That sounds really good. And then, um, since I tried to bring it up earlier and I was talking over top of Richard, how did you get Kentucky Proud certified? What was that about for you? Kentucky Proud certified is just a certification, making sure that you are growing and selling and doing business in Kentucky. Uh, Does that let you sell in certain places you wouldn't be able to otherwise? Not necessarily, at least not that I'm aware of, but it is something that is used as a marketing tool Mm -hmm. for when I sell to restaurants, they like to put that on their Instagram or whatever to make let people know that this is a local dish that they prepared from a local farmer who is Kentucky proud. Yeah. Uh, it gives you credibility. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It gives you credibility. And uh, it... Yeah. Are you glad you went to the travel of Oh, yeah, it's it's free. You just go online and put in your business information, and Mm -hmm. then they check that, uh, back check that with the Secretary of State. And I assume the Secretary of State, and Mm -hmm. then they send you your certification. Sweet. All right. He's legit, y'all. Super legit. All right. Well, that sounds great. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and see us and tell us your story and what you've got going on here in the city and where can people buy your produce from you like which markets are you at and when are those so they can buy from me at jefferson town farmers market saturday morning from 8 to twelve thirty. they can buy rainbow blossom far, rainbow blossom farmers market in st matthews from 12 to 4 mm-hmm. they can go to <clears throat> what day was that uh, Sunday. On Sunday, 12 Sunday to four. afternoon, 12 to 4. They can go to Logan Street Market, mm-hmm. uh, which is on Logan Street. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, they have a little bodega in there that sells my produce. Is that five days a week or seven days a week? or? I think Logan Street's open seven. Okay. Seven days a week, yeah. All right. And um, other than that, uh, if they would like to try some of my produce, they can go eat at Corner Cafe okay. in Linden. They can go to Village Anchor in yes. Anchorage. They can go to Bricks Wine Bar and Bistro, also in Anchorage. Uh, they can go to Game, which is over on Lexington nice. Road, over uh, right off Grinstead. And uh, currently that's that's about it you're giving me great excuses to go all of those places i still haven't taken richard to a village anchor i i need to do that yeah, everything they have there including their candied bacon is out of this world so we're gonna have to do that they're getting a bunch of spinach and the greens we gotta get their spinach i guess spinach which is gonna be rob spinach gonna be my spinach so yeah, you'll have to go try it. See, see how, how they, they dressed your naked see greens. See how they're dressing the naked greens. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to do it. All right. And they can follow you on Facebook at Naked Greens, correct? Naked Greens Farm. Naked Greens and Farm. And then Instagram at Naked underscore Greens. Yes. There are others. 
but his is at naked underscore greens. Yes. Just be careful Google searching him. <laughs> <laughs> Richard has never done that. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's okay. <laughs> this was fantastic. And yeah, follow him on Instagram and Facebook for updates. And we will see you in the next one. Follow the Lou Review on Facebook and at Lou Food Reviews on Instagram. We will be doing giveaways. So check back frequently and we'll see you later. Bye.